I'm sitting here with Emily Jaminet, virtually. We're going to talk about the book that she co-edited with Michelle Fanley, her regular collaborator, I think, called Our Friend Faustina, Life Lessons and Divine Mercy. Emily, it's good to have you here with me today. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. I um, absolutely am honored to be on the podcast. It's an adventure for all of us. Grand adventure. So let's start with the very most basic sort of question. How did you first meet your friend Faustina? Well, one of the things that really impacted me was traveling Europe as a poor college student uh, back in 1996. And somebody invited me to go to Poland and they said, we can go to Krakow where um, St. Faustina, had, well, Blessed Faustina the time um, had the convent. And they said in amber, the stone is very cheap so we can get Christmas presents and a few other trinkets. Mm -hmm. So I was sold on that idea. And we traveled from Austria over to Poland. And um, it just was so impactful being there with the sisters, being able to pray, uh, you know, in their chapel. And I didn't really understand the significance. And that's very true to a lot of our life journeys is we don't know how important something is yeah. or a spiritual gift we might receive until years later. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, that was just very moving to be able to talk about and be a, a promoter of her work, St. Mm -hmm. Faustina, and develop a friendship with her. And also my parents were really um, great at introducing us to the Chaplet of Divine Mercy in high school. So it was uh, preferred over the Sunday night rosary was the chaplet. And it was just, um, it was just great to be able to learn those words, pray those words with my family, mm -hmm. and then pass it on to my family now. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of friendship. You know, you're so right that often we have no idea of where a friendship or a, a new adventure is going to lead us. And Faustina seems to have left a fairly significant mark on your life. Well, I think friendship is something that a lot of times when people read the book, Our Friend Faustina, you know, one of the comments was, I never have thought of the saints as my friend. Mm -hmm. Like they, you know, that they just have even said it out loud. Like I never thought about friendship. And it's interesting because they've also made the same statement, women in um, involved in different book clubs and ministry outreach I've done is they, they didn't even know that Jesus could be our friend. Yeah. So I think we got to first say Jesus should be our best friend. Mm -hmm. And then he wants to introduce us to his friends. Yeah. So his friends are always going to be a good influence on you. Um, and those are the, the Holy saints. Mm -hmm. And for me, St. Faustina was very significant because by world standards, she was so not equipped to deliver the most important message we could truly say in, in modern times. Mm -hmm. And yet with the Holy spirit, with, with obviously this beautiful relationship with the Lord, this message has circled the globe many, many times and impacted the very fabric of so many Catholics, including myself. Okay. Has your friendship with Faustina helped you in other friendships? Has it influenced other friendships? Yes, it really has. And what's influenced me the most, um, when I opened the diary for the first time, the Marians do a beautiful job of giving an overview of the devotion, the key aspects to the devotion, because a lot of times people might think, you know, the work of St. Faustina was only about the diary, you know, or only about the image. But the truth is also the final point that, you know, was being a promoter of divine mercy and this beautiful gift that we all can promote the, the, the rays, the love, the message of divine mercy to all of mankind. So for me, I, I, you know, I keep my diary at hand. I love to read it. 
And it's really given me a formula for as a busy wife, mom, and woman in ministry, like how to set up my day. And what was most impactful for me is that she, you know, gave us a formula for mercy and deeds were first. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just prayer, but as deeds, words, and prayer was really how we show the fullness of mercy. Mm -hmm. And it's made me a lot less resentful or kind of overwhelmed by some of my many duties as a yeah. wife and mom. Cause a lot of times I got to tell you, Chris, I feel unequipped to raise seven children in, in this day and age, but with her example and you know, what she reveals to us about the heart of Jesus and mm -hmm. his love and his mercy, it, it definitely gives me a lot of hope. Okay. Now, I think that touches on a really important part of your chapter in this. For people who aren't familiar with the book, um, it's it's an anthology of stories, really. It's not just one story or not just your and Michelle's story, but a collection of stories from women of, of their relationship with St. Faustina. And in yours, you talked about how she was a model to you for work and prayer, which I think can be a mystery to a lot of people who just feel too busy or don't understand how they can make their work into prayer. How do you do that? How do you make work into prayer? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was reading um, the book Trust that mm -hmm. goes deeper into St. Faustina's life. And at one point it said that she longed for the life behind the grill. Like she even mm -hmm. questioned, is this the right order for me? Because she was doing so much physical and manual labor, caring for these wayward girls, a lot of the housework. And for me, you know, that that's that hits home with my life of being a mom of seven children and currently ranging, range, ranging 21 to five. Oof. So um, diving deeper into it, it, it made me realize that if Jesus didn't say, you know, no, you know, leave this order, go to the life behind the grill. That's the only way to, you know, be sanctified and be holy. Instead, the Lord said, my grace for you is sufficient. He, he really affirmed that where you are is where you need to be. And um, that, that kind of understanding is like the peace and the grace is going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's our job to seek it. And especially in a world in which there's so much distraction. I mean, from our phones to our jobs, to our entertainment needs, whatever that is, you know, that, but yet the, the truth is, is that he's offering us continual relationship and it can be developed through our, in union with our vocation. So, and it, to me, the biggest change is let's say, you know, I'm less resentful towards the tasks I have to do or the lack of sleep or, mm -hmm. you know, I, the amount of driving I do now that my kids are at a certain age. And instead you can offer everything to be a prayer, like not just, you know, protect us Lord as we're in the car, but I offer up driving this carpool that I'd rather be at home or I offer up the lack of sleep because, mm -hmm. you know, everything has, has value. Okay. And so how would you, you pray in the moment. Do you do a morning offering? Do you offer at mass kind of intentionally? How do you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's all and more, right? It's everything. It's um, it's with, you know, St. Faustina can really show us with every breath mm -hmm. is a prayer. The Lord always is a, is really um, speaking to her heart, even at times in which she least expects it, or, mm -hmm. you know, um, just even the lessons that he teaches her, um, St. Faustina along the way, Sometimes they're even surprising by the response, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the mercy and the love. So I think first knowing God is God and we are his children. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we want to change the will of God based on yeah. what we think, you know, like we want strong justice to our, you know, our like, oh, Lord, that the penance wasn't strong enough, you know, but the truth is we need to be more trusting, more, more childlike and trusting. 
So um, first I like to evaluate what is my state in life. So this past year with preschool drops off and all of my activities and work, I was not able to consistently go to mass during the day, but it didn't mean I couldn't carve out a large chunk of morning prayer. Mm -hmm. and, and that was something I could control what time I hit my, uh, my snooze button or my wake up button. So, you know, there are so many beautiful opportunities to, you know, read the daily scripture. So beginning with our morning offering. And if you forget, I highly recommend smack it right on your mirror when you brush your teeth. So you will not forget your morning offering. Um, and if you do it in the dark, put a little, you know, flashlight there to, to mm -hmm. remind you a little nightlight, but beginning in prayer and always just taking those baby steps forward. And, you know, because we're talking about a relationship with, with Jesus, you know, he, he gives us the grace and he gives us the insight to the adapting our schedules or our time. Mm -hmm. So when we don't think we have time for something, a lot of times he shows us later, like, well, you could have, if you mm -hmm. would have, you know, or let's, let's change your schedule. So I, I see that a lot in my own life, such as I've, I've been able to cut out all television. I don't, I actually have an aversion to it. And I think it's because my job, a lot of it is done on the internet. So at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to do any leisure entertainment like that, but it's yeah. created opportunities for moments like this and a lot of book writing and ministry work. Absolutely. Talk to me about that process of discernment as well. Like the generosity with God is indispensable, but also there's that process of discernment and boundary setting. I think women especially have either a hard time with it or it's a crucial part of kind of putting the first things first. How do you do that? How does Faustina show us how to do that? That is a beautiful question. I think it's really, really important. Um, first, I think you can look at St. Faustina and you can see the virtue of prudence, right? She, you know, she obeys her spiritual director. Mm -hmm. You know, she is very um, trusting that the timing shall work. And I think, you know, a lot of times as, as busy adults, we, we want it on our table, mm -hmm. our timetable. But I think a lot of times, you know, building something or writing something or doing something it's almost like you finish the project and then you need to let it go. Mm -hmm. And she teaches us that detachment, even to our words. You know, I think so clearly about the page that she wrote a big X on her diary and was yeah. like, you know, just this releasing, like, it's not about me. And I think that if we can adapt that first, you know, that's very important. But then once you say, okay, it's not about me, then you, you take an interior look and you bring everything you do to prayer because we don't want to step outside of the will of God. We want to be in the will of God. So I've fallen to this habit, Chris, where, you know, I might overcommit to things mm -hmm. because I'm such wanting to do good in every yeah. single aspect of my community. Mm -hmm. But the truth is there's grace for me in the areas that I'm called to serve. So if it's a writing project or whatever, bringing it to prayer and make sure that works. And for the works of mercy, um, I share in that chapter about the importance of writing that book mm -hmm. uh, or doing a work of mercy, a consistent work of mercy with a person in need. I had to pray. And I actually asked, asked my husband, you know, is this okay that I take the children to this nursing home? This mm -hmm. is where it's located. This is how I know this person because, you know, in the book, in the chapter, I tell you know the story that I was a, a married woman with six mm -hmm. children heading across town to go see a gentleman who was never married, mm -hmm. who had ALS. So that oh. was really, and my husband works in the opposite direction, direction, 50 minutes. So, you know, it was a point of discernment. Mm -hmm. It was a point of prudence. You know, it was always uh, done with, with an understanding as a work of mercy. Mm -hmm. And so keeping clear boundaries and making sure, you know, and, and St. Faustina always 
reports to her, her spiritual superiors, mother superior, you know, even if it didn't seem right, or, you know, it'd be easy for her to say, um, and not to say what was going on, you know, with Jesus appearing, because that's, that's really important. But, you know, she was very ridiculed by some of her sisters, but she always spoke truth. And she always um, gave us an example of such courage. Okay. And you talk there about works of mercy. And, and we have to prioritize those why? What does what does Faustina tell us about the importance of prioritizing works of mercy? Why is that an indispensable part of our Christian walk? Well, we can't just be recipients of the Lord's mercy and keeping that to ourselves. We're really called to share the mm -hmm. mercy with others, and you know it's so beautiful because the church um, has in line with the works, the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy, absolutely affirm what she taught us through the diary and through her. Um, holy, holy example of service. So for me, you know, when I encountered the formula for mercy of deed, word, and prayer mm -hmm. are the proofs of to my mercy. That's what she shares us in Diary 742. This formula brought light to me on no matter what a person's suffering is, I can have a proper response. Yeah. And what I found was even in myself, like, if I stop responding mercifully, then it's time for me to go to confession or it's mm -hmm. time for me to dive deeper into prayer. Yeah. So if I see a homeless person and in my mind, I start going down, you know, it doesn't mean I have to give them money, but I can always give them a prayer. Yeah. I can always give them, you know, a compassionate look or even just a smile, a gesture, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so when those things don't happen, that to me is a inclination like, okay, we need more mercy. We need to receive it so we can give it. And that's such an important point about discerning the sort of mercy called for, where the easy response might just be, this person's asking for money, I give them money. I mean, I've heard from families of addicts, that sort of thing, where you can't do that for someone who's addicted. That's not an act of mercy. I guess that wouldn't be an, an inevitable part of being a mother as well, is discerning what does the child need, not necessarily what does the child want. Talk to me a little bit about that process. Yeah, that's a, a great point. And I think that the works of mercies performed, so say in our home, you know, a lot of times uh, with raising my seven children, we might be able to do that. You know, we could do that, but it might not be best for them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's building character. It's building, like I like to say, a, you know, we're, we're actually not the doormats to our children. Mm -hmm. You know, we're a, a stepping pad yeah. so that as a result, they learn the ultimate lesson, which is to be mm -hmm. uh, an active Christian who loves Jesus Christ. And if you, you know, just have life handed on this golden platter, it's almost a form of, of worshiping a child, let's mm -hmm. say, or even a relationship, you know, having these, these healthy boundaries, what are the lessons I need to teach them? But the works of mercy outside of the home um, are also important because we constantly should expose our children to the good things that we do, mm -hmm. but prudently decide what is the best thing for us. Yeah. So I don't put my windows down to strangers. You know, mm -hmm. I don't extend yeah. my hand out outside of my car when yeah. I have my children or other people's children in the car, but we have a wonderful soup kitchen in our city that does works of mercy. You know, we have many other ways that we can, mm -hmm. you know, support causes. Um, and I, and I also affirm to the children, I say, this is why your father and I go to church every single Sunday and every Sunday we contribute not mm -hmm. only to the offering, but to the secondary offering, because yeah. the church 
gives us a structure mm -hmm. to also extend to the poor in the greater community. So it's been a great lesson um, explaining and teaching, mm -hmm. living, you know, living it in the home and then um, yeah. also outside of the home. Yeah, I think that's one thing that a lot of, I don't know, sort of the zeal of a convert or the zeal of a revert or just we have a, a, an emotional high from a retreat, a real conversion moment that there can be that process of I've got to open up all of my doors and windows. I've got to, I've got to transgress my comfort zone completely and da, da, da. when in reality the Christian walk is very much that matter of discernment, prudence, living life in the body, living according to the vocation. Faustina was doing things in certain ways because she was a consecrated religious. You need to do different things because you're a mother and you were in this relationship with your husband. And, and I think these are such important things to talk about because I think a lot of people imagine that the generosity to which we are called is imprudent to a certain extent. Talk about well, that. It's funny that you say that, Chris, because yeah. you wouldn't know that I actually um, used to pick up hitchhikers. Oh. And my husband was like, stop doing that. Like, if I'm marrying you, yeah. you can never, ever do that. And uh, yeah. the last time I did it, I begged for him to pick up this hitchhiker. And we were going to cut our first Christmas tree down and our first Christmas. And, you know, he said to me, like, do you realize the risk that you put myself your life in our future family in. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, time yeah. for lessons of boundaries and prudence because, you know, you're, you're so right. A lot of times we'll read the words of St. Faustina or, mm -hmm. or great, beautiful, you know, just saints with so much zeal, you know, the beauty of St. Therese, but we have to look at what is their calling and state in life. And that's an important piece for developing a formula. And one of the things I loved about our friend Faustina is each woman, you know, so mm -hmm. we had St. Sister Faustina who contributed married women, you know, women speaking from different places in their life mm -hmm. about how they cultivated friendship, but it always leads, I always say faith should always lead to an inner stability and peace. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a reckless game of, you know, Lord, is your grace going to be there? Cause yeah. I didn't discern this, but I'm jumping off the cliff or I'm doing this dangerous thing. Like we have to, as Christians always stay in the will of God and he will speak to us if this is the will of God. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had some high risk behavior like that, you know, not, but I, I've definitely given up those behaviors for much, much better uh, living now. <laughs> but maybe, maybe there were, there was a higher degree of risk appropriate when you were single, when you weren't in relationship, when you weren't about to be in that obligation. I mean, certainly we have heroic women in our tradition who were in danger. Joan of Arc is sort of the easy and obvious example, but Kateri Tekakwitha in North America. Um, I mean, Faustina herself, 1930s Poland, is headed towards catastrophe, and her convent survived through the war. I believe she prophesied that. She prophesied that they would not be moved from their convent. Well, my, my works of mercy, I'm thinking, Chris, you know, at that time, the more higher risk ones, let's mm -hmm. say, you know, picking up hitchhikers because I felt moved. It was not through a prayerful decision. And that's okay. really what I lacked. It was oh, more of like zeal, like, oh, you know, that uh -huh. person needs this or that, you know, like almost like the way we would look at a puppy dog, you know, um, but the Lord gives us. Yeah. And that's one thing that I realize now that that morning prayer, that morning discernment, that mm -hmm. morning just really um, seeking his guidance mm -hmm. has changed my spirituality so much because mm. I'm not looking for that flashy action. 
um, that might put even my life or my children's life at risk. Instead, mm -hmm. I'm really looking for, um, you know, what, what is God calling me to yeah. do in this moment and then in the long run? This reminds me of, of the image from scripture of woman wisdom, of the prudent woman who knows she's got, she's got gifts to give and her home is open to those in need, but also she's, she's wise, she's prudent, she has that sort of planning and preparedness. It's really interesting. Your, your, your description of kind of your earlier zeal reminds me of like St. John Vianney talked about how in, in later life he recognized that his early fasts were excessive. Where some of the great saints have had a similar kind of, I was zealous, but I wasn't necessarily prudent. It's really interesting. So in light of all of this, what would you say a Faustinian spirituality kind of looks like? What are the marks of a healthy divine mercy spirituality in light of St. Faustina? Well, I think that first, you know, always having those words on your lips, you know, Jesus, I trust in you. I like mm -hmm. to say it's, it's his signature. Like, he gave us a selfie. He gave us, you know, a way he wants to be remembered mm -hmm. for a culture that is so visual. You know, we, we are constantly um, placing that implants on our hearts of our, you know, our favorite image on Facebook or our favorite image on Instagram. I like to say that divine mercy image is for our generation, but he didn't just end there. He ended with his signature because, you know, Jesus, I trust in you mm -hmm. is something that if, you know, you'll never it never will get old. You'll never, ever be like done saying those words. So growing in trust is what it looks like um, most importantly. And if, if you are feeling more anxious from practicing this devotion, you know, going back and yeah. saying what's missing and how I'm practicing this. I love the chaplet and um, really the, the three o'clock prayer time is, you know, the three o'clock reset. And, and for a lot of us, as we go throughout our day, you know, we don't reset. We don't have holy moments of pausing and praying and in those reminders. So th this spirituality gives us an opportunity to pause, even if it's for a minute to dwell on the mercy of, of God and mm -hmm. having a goal to do that. Um, I think too, of the beauty of her relationship with the Holy communion, you know, mm -hmm. longing, this is about understanding that we're called to fall more in love with um, Jesus Christ for who he is and especially ever present in the blessed sacrament. So her words to me um, are so simple and I read them actually every day with the daily digest. Mm. So I just love that the Marians, I give a little plug for that, uh, release that beautiful opportunity to, you know, take this, what, 600 plus page diary and yeah. get it in little chunks. And, mm -hmm. and that's um, something in which, I, I can't say enough to the listeners to say, you know, those baby steps will work. You don't, you know, don't underestimate the baby step um, towards falling closer to Jesus. And lastly, you know, in this chapter, our friend Faustina, I shared about the importance of always be willing to pray the chaplet of divine mercy with somebody, especially the sick and the dying. Mm -hmm. And I said, no one's ever turned me down. Like, you know, a lot of times when people are sick, we run from them. We, we, it's the strangest thing in our culture. It's like, they need space. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is they need, they need prayer. They need yeah. people of faith to speak to them and tell them about the love of God and his mercy yeah. and give them an opportunity for conversion, even if it's just encouragement. Okay. What would you say to those listeners who might be homebound? 
or who might have a significant either disability or illness that's preventing them from being merciful in what they would think of as sort of the ordinary ways? Well, I think that first we can look to how much um, St. Faustina suffered, mm -hmm. you know, with her own um, illness and, and her difficult health. I think that she is heroic to see that, you know, so much can be done through through your suffering. I, and I think even we, we can highlight, you know, um, the little flower, St. Therese, her suffering and what can happen on the other side. So first, do never be discouraged if you are feeling overwhelmed by your sickness or homebound you know, offer it up to the Lord. Everything is something that you can offer up, but sin. So your suffering, your, even if it's your bland food, mm -hmm. you, you don't even have the groceries you want, whatever it is, yeah. you know, developing it and cultivating a heart of, of gratitude mm -hmm. is such a gift. And um, I think that yes. she's a particular saint that shows us that she would have never in her, even though the Lord told her how important she was in this mission and even the fruit and the impact she was going to have, she still kept little mm -hmm. and trusting. And I think that's true for each one of us. We can remain little, you know, we shouldn't be looking at our big scope, but rather just what can I do yeah. here now, you know, and, and know that he wants to be your best friend in your life. I think you mentioned something really important and I want to bring that back up, which is bring him even your sin. Talk to me about the, the, the call in the diary to bring even our misery, even our sin to Jesus? Well, I think it's a call of being authentic, mm -hmm. right? Like when you are willing to acknowledge your sin, mm -hmm. when you're willing to um, call, call your own self a sinner, you know, yeah. if you can't call yourself a sinner, yeah. then, you know, there's an opportunity there for growth. Recently, someone told me that their, their parent, their elderly age parent, could not admit that they ever sinned. Hmm. And so she was telling me how frustrating it was. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, you know, we are all sinners. Yeah. So when we see that and then we give it to Jesus and then we place our trust in his merciful rays, mm -hmm. it is a partnership. It is an unbelievable experience because we're no longer focusing on our wretchedness, mm -hmm. but we're focusing on what we're trusting that the Lord is going to lead us to the path of sanctification yeah. and holiness and that we are leaving it up to him. He's God. We're our little selves. And that's um, a huge piece to the transformation that needs to happen. Okay. And talk to me about how we do that. Is it simply in prayer? What are, how would we bring our sin to Jesus? Well, I think the importance of reconciliation, I cannot say enough for Catholics and um, one of the things, you know, when I think about the diary, uh, I, it, I can't help, but also think about the feast of the sacred or the feast of divine mercy, mm -hmm. where we're called to remember this ocean of mercy that the Lord wants to bring upon us, you know, and bringing sinners, you know, like sharing this, it's such an opportunity, mm -hmm. um, for conversion. So I think being an ambassador of that mercy to others, yeah. and if you're already living this and you you know, the importance of divine mercy, you know, sharing it with others, mm -hmm. you know, share your, your biggest sinner friend and say, I've been thinking about you put on your calendar divine, you know, the, yeah. there's a great feast that's coming up and I want to invite you. Yeah. And then afterwards, let's go out to dinner. I mean, you, you don't have to make it only about the faith experience. Yeah. It's authentic. It's integrated living, but the invitation um, sure goes a long way. And even in relationships, even in marriages, you know, a lot of times, I have to tell my husband, like, 
okay, the feast of divine mercy is coming up. And this is what I'm thinking of doing with the family. And, you know, that goes so much easier than if I don't communicate it. And I mm -hmm. just, all of a sudden, everybody get in the car, we've got to go. And it was kind of funny because this past year with the feast, um, I found a church in the bulletin, it, well, in the bulletin and in the, our Catholic times, it said it was a mass and divine mercy, um, like a mass following. So we all go to this destination church. We're all there. I have all seven, all the kids at home. And then it was a misprint. There was no mass. Hmm. So everyone's like, mom, it's Sunday. What are we going to do? There's no mass. So we, uh, we look up and we find another church. So then we, you know, had to drive it all the way across another town, but you know what? It was a heroic effort. And yeah. I kept saying, you never know. Maybe we were supposed to be an example because we did something, you know, far out of our, our way, but just trusting and yeah. doing the best you can. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's very important. <laughs> That's really important. Um, talk to me about Faustina as, as a woman living the faith, living in relationship with God, what what is there of the feminine genius about the diary? What might men overlook or not understand is is sort of arising from her womanhood? Well, I think that she has a feminine heart, you mm -hmm. know, and I think a lot of times we don't um, have the interpersonal writings, let's say, of Saint Joan of Arc, you know. Um, but she, each person has a different way. Um, these saints, like the fact that her words are captured from mm -hmm. her personal diary yeah. that she wrote in, you know, it's, it's, they're so personal and yeah. she didn't think that they would be on, you know, Catholics bookshelves in, you know, 2021 that we would just pick up her diary. Mm -hmm. She was writing those words to record what Jesus was sharing because she had a sense of responsibility, but with it reveals the feminine heart, okay. the, the desire, you know, that the, her insecurities, her, you know, um, just the things that were difficult for her, even, even the ridicule, even how the other sisters were, you know, some of them thought she was crazy. They mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on with her. You know, I mean, yeah. these are big things, but I think as women, we, you know, one reason why we wanted to write the book, our friend Faustina and ask other women to contribute is that we want women to know that they're not alone mm -hmm. in this journey of, of living out their faith as lay women, that this is, you know, not just for priests and deacons mm -hmm. and sisters, but each saint has lessons for us to learn that complement who we are in our feminine genius. And especially our ability to, to share the message of mercy mm -hmm. with everyone. It's, it's the best message to share. I promise you. Yeah. Okay. Why is it so important to uh, pray the chaplet at the bedside of the sick and dying? Well, you know, in um, our friend Faustina, I did highlight some of those really important quotes from the diary that talks about the significance of it and the fact that the Lord wants to be present to us as, you know, all merciful, not just just judge. So, you know, one great way to think of it is you're giving them the greatest spiritual gift, you know, um, that you can ever imagine. We, we can't imagine on this side of heaven, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a tremendous work of mercy to pray with someone who is dying. You can actually influence that moment. It's a very, very sacred moment. And I think in our culture due to media, we've just made it almost like a video game kind mm -hmm. of, we've lost all sacredness for the, those that are dying. So it's, 
to me a, a reminder about the importance of that. And I also thought that was so interesting that she tells the story about how she, um, you know, prayed for someone, you know, three, three doors down, basically, mm -hmm. that, you know, the Lord revealed that this person was dying, and she paused and prayed. And, you know, um, in our friend Faustina, I share like, you know, there was no internet, there was no text, there was no, you know, posting on Facebook, like, um, this was something that took place. But I think for us, we do have tools that people are constantly reaching out and asking for prayers first, you know, please pray for my mom, please pray for this person with cancer, you know, mm -hmm. um, please pray for my son who got in a car accident. Like we can influence that moment by pausing and doing a work of mercy and praying for that soul. And if you have time praying and offering up um, the chapel of divine mercy. So I just, I can't say enough about that little action, yeah. but it's a big action in all of eternity. Okay. And, and how do you hand this on to your children? I think that's a really important question because, you know, faith, if it was just about me and my soul, it would sure be a lot easier if, um, if in a short term, mm -hmm. but the long term is to pass on the faith for generations upon generations yeah. and really having that long, long view. So I think, um, you know, passing on the understanding of divine mercy, the first thing I would do is say, have an image in your home mm -hmm. because, for myself, it didn't mean that much when my parents were teaching me the beads. I thought, oh, it's a seven minute prayer. Great. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we'll get to dinner faster. Yeah. But the truth was it was placing seeds in my very own soul mm -hmm. that I said yes to pilgrimage. I said yes to really going deeper and deeper. So, you know, having a Catholic home, having images in your home, praying the chaplet and telling the children, especially when there's a person that's, that's in need, we're going to do a work of mercy. We're going to pray for that person who's asked us or who's struggling. Like mm -hmm. that's a, a powerful witness and always reminding your children of the gospel stories. You know, there's so many beautiful passages about Jesus revealing what is love mm -hmm. to the love that he has for us through the gospels. And especially I'm thinking of the story of the prodigal son, you know, um, if you wander away, there's always a place to come back. So, so I think that that to me is the message of divine mercy. It's about trust. Mm -hmm. It's about mercy. And it's about an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, where we know he's there in our life in every moment. Okay. And so many parents these days have tried to pass that on and they've, they've failed. Do you, do you have words of encouragement for parents with children who have left the faith or who this is not going to get through? Well, I think first of all, you know, don't let the wind, don't let the devil take a victory that you don't even know he has. Like, I think a lot of times we're so short sighted mm -hmm. to turn to despair and depression instead of turning on our knees. Like, you know, we can look at the, some beautiful conversions mm -hmm. that have taken place thinking about, you know, St. Augustine, right? Like the, the, these stories are real. They're, they happen every day. Yeah. But yeah. when we turn to despair and depression initially, or we know the end game, which we don't. So first play to the end game. Okay. Second, really evaluate what is your witness in your home? Do you have gospel joy and courageous faith? And, and I think those two need to complement each other. And a lot of times, lastly, I'm the first to admit to my children, I am a sinner. I am your mom. 
I'm trying the best I can in my marriage and in my relationships, but I'm going to let you down. But Jesus, his mother will never let you down. So give them that firm foundation that there is perfect love. It's just uh, not on this side of heaven. (laughs) Okay. Let me just ask you this one last question, really, to, to sort of wrap things up. A lot of our listeners are already convinced. They already know Faustina, they already read the diary, or they're marrying press readers. How do they tell their friends Faustina is a model for modern women? How, what what makes a woman in a convent in 1930s Poland uh, a model, or what makes the spirituality relevant to women today? Well, I think, first of all, she was chosen. I think that we cannot underestimate the impact that you know the world has had because she said yes. Mm-hmm. So looking, you know, as we study leaders in every realm of of politics to um, economy, I think we have to take a deep look at not only her own life through the diary, but even what are the fruits of living this out. And that's why, you know, our friend Faustina actually has a beautiful video series mm-hmm. connected by Chris Aylar, Father Chris Aylar, excuse me, that he shares teachings. So, you know, one of the things we did is we introduced you her as a friend, mm-hmm. but Father Chris Aylar does an entire teaching series that, you know, go deeper into the role of reconciliation, mm-hmm. the, the different aspects of the devotion. And hopefully it's um, another opportunity to to spread the faith and teach people to live the faith. Okay. Where can people find the video series? Um, inspirethefaith.com. There's a free video um, series along with a book club so women can go through this and have a similar discussion that we've had today, you know, yeah. Who is St. Faustina? You know, what is she, her relevance in your life? And how can I, you know, come to know her? And and oftentimes our stories, as you know, are the biggest magnet into people going deeper. Mm-hmm. And so sharing it through stories, teachings, um, testimony, and even the diary is a, is a great formula to get women um, taking the leap into friendship. Okay. And what I, I like to see sometimes the reviews in our books. So I've seen some of the reviews for the for our friend Festina on Amazon, that sort of thing. What sort of feedback have you gotten? You know, I've we've we've received some really beautiful feedback. I think as we started this interview, for someone to say, I've never thought of a saint as my friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for them to understand that the saints want to help us, they want to lead us, they have the eternal perspective that we lack in this side of, um, in heaven, you know, we're not in heaven, we're in earth. And so I think it's, it's just, I cannot say enough about the, the impact it's had about opening up this idea of friendship mm-hmm. and, um, courageous faith. I mean, that's courageous faith combined with understanding that God is merciful so that their past, the other piece was, their past sins prevented them mm-hmm. from thinking they were worthy of a relationship, um, especially women who who lived a, a different lifestyle. So they they've kind of shared that this has been very impactful for them, like to see that they that they can grow, that God loves them, mm-hmm. you know, that He's merciful towards them. Okay, Emily Jaminy, thank you so much for having been a guest on Sparks of Mercy. Um, I I hope that many more of our listeners will pick up this book because I think this is one of the good ones. Uh, I had hoped when I had first spoken to you guys, we'd talked about a Faustinian spirituality and helping to build a Faustinian, and I think you guys did it quite nicely with this. So thank you so much. Well, it's just an honor and a privilege to work with the Marians and to be able to 
share these stories. So I just, I appreciate you inviting me onto the podcast and all the work that the Marians do, we, you know, for your listeners, you know, this, this is an, a beautiful example of, you know, many hands working together to, to build up the kingdom of God. And I just, I'm very honored uh, to be a part of it. Thank you so much. To order our friend Faustina, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.